worship leaders, worship musicians, and those who love to worship. Why does so much worship music today sound the same? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about diversity in worship music, but before we get there, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free PDF guide called 25 Chart Topping Arrangement Tricks. Say you have a song that you've been working on with your worship team that you wish had another gear or could be a little more interesting and keep people's attention throughout the song. Download this PDF. It gives you 25 great ideas for ways that you can arrange your song to make it more interesting. It gives you a couple sentences about why that trick works, and then it gives you a song from the radio so that you can hear the trick in action. Again, go to my website or click on the link nearby, www.blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. All right, with that, let's get to today's topic. Before we go any farther, I want to make it clear that this is not a rant or a bashing video. I have nothing critical to say about any worship ministry or church or worship leader. That's not what this is about. This is about personal responsibility. So let's talk about it. To open us up, I'm going to read part of Psalm 137. Here we go. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. This song is really interesting. At first, it's not directed to the Lord. Later on, it it speaks to the Lord. But who is this psalmist singing to? He's singing to a city. He's singing to Jerusalem. And he's lamenting while in captivity that the songs of Zion don't work in Babylon. What's the point? The entire Old Testament is about land and people's connection to land. That's something that the Israelites understood inherently that I think we don't understand anymore. For example, Abraham is called out of Ur. God calls him out of Chaldea and says, hey, your destiny is not in Ur. It's somewhere else. So, he takes him down to Canaan and has him walk through Canaan and says, this is the land I'm going to give to your children. Of course, then we have that period in Egypt where Israel is in captivity. They're in a strange land. Moses delivers them out of Egypt to come and worship the Lord in Mount Sinai. And then finally, it's Joshua who leads them into, what do we call it? The promised land. The Old Testament is all about land. It's about the people's connection to the land and God's covenant, not only with the people, but with the land. Remember that when God is making his covenant with his people, he's saying, hey, if you follow my ways, all of these great things are going to happen to you. I'm not going to send any of the diseases that I sent against the Egyptians on you. You're going to bear children. Your livestock will flourish. Remember, this is a land of milk and honey, and you will do well in this land. But if you don't follow my covenant, I will send those diseases, I will send those curses, and the land will spit you out. That means that the destiny of the people of Israel was connected to Israel, the land itself, right? The people and the land shared a common destiny, so much so that if 
the people didn't obey God's laws, the land would reject them. So fast forward in Israel's history, and Judah has been captured by Babylon, and everyone has been taken into captivity into Babylon. And that's where this psalm is written. So it's not just that the psalmist doesn't want to sing because he's sad. It's because literally the song that he wrote for Jerusalem only works in Jerusalem. It doesn't work in Babylon. It doesn't work in another location because that song was written for a place. Overall, I think we've lost a lot of that sense of connection to the land, that sense of being from a certain place, because now we're incredibly mobile. You think about airplanes and interstates and cars, not to mention cell phones. You're able to talk to anyone in the world just with a click of a button. We have a much wider scope than we used to, and that's beneficial. But I wonder if we haven't lost the deep connection that we used to have to our own locations. Take music, for example. If you just go back to the 1900s and you look at the explosion of musical genres that there were in the United States, all of them had a sense of place. You think of bluegrass and country music and rock and roll and jazz and blues and rap and hip-hop. All of those sounds came from different places. New Orleans jazz sounds very different than Bakersfield country, and that sounds very different than New York hip-hop, and that sounds very different from Memphis blues. All of those locations had their own thing, and that's what made them unique. Here's what I believe. Different land has its own anointing to worship God and to give God glory in its own unique way. And guess what? It needs people to do that. People and land are linked. I don't believe that we are in competition with rocks. You know, when Jesus is having his triumphal entry, he's coming into Jerusalem and the Pharisees rebuke him and saying, hey, stop your people from praising you. And he says, if they don't, the rocks will cry out. I hear a lot of worship songs where they say, I won't let the rocks cry out or, you know, I won't let the rocks win. I don't think that's what that passage means. I think Jesus was saying, this land has to worship me. These people have to worship me. And if they don't, guess what? The rocks will have to because I have to be praised in Jerusalem because I am the king. That's what he was entering as, the king of glory. And so we aren't in competition with rocks. We're in collaboration with rocks. All of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. That means that creation cannot express the glory of God in the way that it has to and that it wants to without us. We are tied to the land. We work together. Unfortunately, many churches, rather than releasing the sound of their land, release the sound of the top 40. So when a new song comes out, you can instantly get access to the multi-tracks, you can get the guitar patches and the synth pads, you can get download all of the tracks, and you can sound just like XYZ on Sunday morning. But after all that's said and done, did you fulfill your assignment? Did you release the sound that your land wanted to release? Did you sound like yourself? Did you have a sense of place? Maybe not. This isn't to shame anyone. This is to galvanize people to shift their focus. For so long, we've made excellence doing what we hear somewhere else, repackaging that and doing it to the best of our ability so that we can sound as much like XYZ in your hometown. But maybe it would be better to try and release the sound that is meant for your land. Because guess what? Montana is going to sound different than Florida. Indiana should sound different than New York. 
And the people that are on that land are part of the assignment. So if you are a worship leader, I don't know, anywhere, you should strive to sound like you. You should strive to sound like the land that God gave you and go find out what that is. That takes more work than repackaging. That's not going to happen overnight. It might take you years, but boy, is it worth it. There are always going to be songs that are meant to travel around the world. I think of Shout to the Lord by Hillsong. That song had an anointing to go around the world and be sung by the entire Christian community, and I applaud it. But it's also true that the best tomato that you ever had came from your backyard garden and not from a supermarket in January. There are some songs that are meant to go around the world, but you know what else God wants? He wants the song that's meant to come from your hometown, written by you. Hey, I hope that video helps you. I hope it encourages you to take up your pen or pencil and write your own original worship songs that have a sense of place. Again, if you need help arranging a worship song, go to my website or click on the link nearby, www.blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. Until next week, God bless and goodbye.